You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. Hey, everybody. In this episode, I am talking with the CEO of Jared's Leads, Jared Knapp, and he takes us through his life basically as a digital nomad. He travels the world working completely online. Um, He built his business from the ground up and through his perseverance and dedication and consistency has just created an amazing life. So I ask him all about how he did that, what he does you know, to continue the success of his business and, and the mind frame that it takes to create that life for yourself. I mean, it's something I know that I'm super interested in. It's something that I want to eventually transition to with my health coaching. Um, and so just to talk to him was such a pleasure. And I know that everyone listening who, you know, is an entrepreneur or is thinking about that. And I know a lot of moms, especially, are in this space and, you know, you want to spend more time with your kids and how do you do that when you have a nine to five? Like it's, it's super hard. So to be able to do that and to step away and to be your own boss is something really inspiring and, and scary and hard to do. But Jared takes us through what he did and the fears that he overcame and the hurdles that he jumped over. And it was just awesome to talk to him. And, um, I know that, you know, those listening are going to get so much benefit from this. Also, um, if you go to his website, jaredsleads.com, and connect with him um, and mention the show, Motherhood Unstressed, he has generously offered to give you some free leads for your business to grow your business. So definitely connect with him there and uh, enjoy the show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm here today with um, a really special guest and someone that I've been curious about um, for a long time and, and how they live their life and what they do for their career. So I'm so excited that they're here to kind of share their secrets and, and strategies for creating and maintaining a successful online career. Um, so I'm here today with Jared Knapp. He is the CEO of Jared's Leads. Um, Jared's Leads is a business that offers um, business-to-business marketing, data services. They help their clients monetize their databases Uh, And they also help with marketing. Um, And that's just a really small snapshot of what they do. Jared's going to, you know, take it through more about that. Um, But yeah, welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks for being here. Yeah, awesome. Excited to be here. This is actually uh, my first podcast. So when you elected me to come on the show, I was pretty stoked about that. And uh, glad to share some knowledge that I have with everyone. And hopefully it's useful. Well, and I think it is so like apropos because, you know, Everyone now, I mean, you can see the change in the world. Like everyone is getting more into online businesses and, you know, customers are online, businesses are going online. Like you really don't see, you know, such a great change like this often. And I think it's really is like a revolution happening. So I feel like you were one of the people that, you know, started it. Like you were an early adapter in this world. Um, So I'm really curious to kind of pick your brain about like what you did, you know, how you saw the opportunity and went for it. So why don't you get us started with like a little bit of your background and and how you got into this? Okay. Yeah. What I do now actually um, started out doing it for another company in Southern California. And so I was a sales rep for them, uh, worked for this marketing company that basically we provided leads and databases for direct marketing campaigns for email, telemarketing, 
um, campaigns basically. And so I learned the business from them. I was doing really well in sales, uh, quick kind of stories. Like one of the VPs broke off, started his own company, enticed me to come with him, said, I would promise you everything, you know, you get good in sales, we'll take care of you. So I went with him. Um, that didn't land, uh, pan out for too long. Maybe it was there only about six months before that company just didn't really take, take off the ground. Um, decided at that point I was like, didn't want to work for any more mom and pop shops. So I was like, I need to get into the corporate world. That's like what you do. You know, that's like the path you're supposed to go down is get like that good nine to five, nice benefit package. So anyway, I started to explore that end of, you know, the world and finally landed a job at Intuit, which makes like the QuickBooks, TurboTax and all that good stuff. And so working with them and I was like, Oh, cool. They you know, made it, got my set, you know, got my like little um, package and got a good salary. And actually that was 2008. And so 2008, um, came the end of that year and then a lot of layoffs and like companies were downsizing. And so they came to me and it's like, Hey, you know, uh, we're after you we actually have to lay you off. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So I got this severance package and I was like, severance package. I didn't know what that was. That's cool. <laughs> and so I had some time off after that had this, uh, change in, in what I thought I was going to do and had this time period of where I was looking for another job and wondering whether this this corporate world is actually something for me just because of the short stay in it. I was like, there's really no uh, security in it. You know, like they could just let you off at any time. And I realized that at that point I was pretty much just a number for, for some of these guys, not even really a valuable tool, just someone to plug in their system. And so I took a few months there where I was getting a severance package, at least to pay my bills. And, you know, at this point I was actually living pretty much paycheck to paycheck. So the dream of starting my own company and something where I, I could just run myself was pretty far out there. Um, had a meeting with one of my buddies that built me actually a website, uh, met him on my lunch break actually. And he, uh, mm -hmm. he's like, man, I'm going to help, I'm going to help you out. Um, this was like the very end of like a couple of the months or a couple of the weeks that I knew I was going to be ending that corporate position. And so he's like, I'll build you a website. You can do what you used to do. And, uh, which was selling the leads. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good, buddy. And so we, uh, went back that night. He actually created a website, which now is my company, Jared's leads. And I didn't even come up with that name. He is something that he decided on because he's like an SEO guy. And he's mm -hmm. like, I need the word leads in the name uh, or in the uh, URL, you know, help you with like your SEO eventually and this and that. And I was like, cool. I was like, I never wanted really wanted to be Jared's leads. So it was <laughs> an interesting start. And, uh, so that, that, at that moment I was like, all right, maybe it is possible. But still, I was like, had no money to start anything and was still living on that paycheck to paycheck life and doing odd end jobs. So anyway, like fast forward, I did my business off and on as I could collect clients and, you know, connect with people that I used to do business with. And then, um, you know, just do other random marketing jobs just to pay the bills at the time. But anyway, a couple of years passed and I finally built up a, a client roster where I was able to service them enough and really realized that, damn, maybe I can do this myself. And, all right. Well, it wasn't as scary as I thought. It was more of just the getting, getting into the water. And then once you started doing it and feeling, all right, I do have the confidence. I do have the skills. I do have the knowledge to like continue to create income by myself without having the need of all these other people in my life to help me with, with work, I guess. So that's kind of how I started a little bit. I know that was I don't know, interesting path to get into it, but that's where the first creation of Jared's leads started. It was just that, something else kind of pushed me, pushed me into the wilderness. Yeah. I mean, and I think for a lot of people too, like 
leaving your comfortable job, you know, you didn't really have a choice. And, and, and who knows if you hadn't been laid off, if you would have really been motivated to go out and start your own thing. Like, I think that's the, the story with so many people, like they're in a comfortable place and they're scared to branch off. They want to branch off, but they're not, you know, they're, they're worried. Um, and so in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, that was a blessing for you. Like, I mean, truly. Yeah. Yeah. It was really scary at first, you know, just to, especially like having no backing, you know, I guess that's the big thing for a lot of people is like not knowing if they did take that jump of like how to get into making money, you know, and just paying for bills, you know, it's like a big, scary unknown if you don't have like a big reserve or something helping you out, I guess, with the financial end of a business starting out. But do you think that's one of those things that, yeah. Do you think that um, everyone is kind of an entrepreneur or do you think there's only certain types of people who can really succeed and, and swim? I think it's um, everyone has like that ability, I guess, but there really is only people that are going to succeed in it because they're the risk takers, I believe in a little bit. And some people don't like that risk. They like more of the stability of, of having something there that's already created and that they can plug into. And that's completely fine. Um, but I think maybe it's like the fear and it's like the risk that some people may not really want in their life. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's like a little bit of different, like maybe that aspect. So how far into when you were, you know, you had your website up, you had a few clients, you were kind of building, what was the point where you realized like, wow, like this is, this is something I could really maintain and be good at. Like was it six months in a year in. No, it was probably like almost closer to like two years in because I really still didn't like have the, the confidence in my abilities to like create a steady income. Um, cause I was always living a paycheck to paycheck life to begin with anyway, because, uh, I, I mean the commission based life because I was always like in a sales type background. So like my, uh, income was really based off of my production, you know, and like what I put into it, I guess. And so, um, it probably took about close to like two years where I was making enough money where I could pay my bills and have a realization that this was going to continue. And these people trusted me and I was providing a good service. And then I could let go of those other little little jobs in my life that would give me the time that I needed really to grow what I was creating. And um, I had a lot of people in my life too, even like really close, like f- friends and family members that still would like, you know, like poke fun or maybe like, you know, be like, oh, when are you going to get a real job? You know, because they didn't understand what I was doing either. And I also had like that funny business name, you know, Jared's Leads is like, I don't know, to me, it just like didn't create the credibility at first that I guess like people expected it kind of just seemed like a funny funny thing to them but Mm -hmm. it's it's nice looking back on it now and just create you know trusting my gut and going with it I think that's huge like that statement alone is so big like to to everyone listening like who's thinking about this or wanting and like yearning to get out there and be their own boss and do this take the leap take the risk like that's I think that's such a huge part is trusting your gut knowing that you do have the skills you might not know the next step and what you're supposed to do but you trust yourself and you know that you can you know you'll do your best and learn what you can and and just to do it and then to deal too with outside pressure of family because I know mine would be that way I mean if I had suddenly quit my federal job and you know gone full-on entrepreneurial which is you know definitely something that I want to do eventually um with my health coaching um then it's like everyone's like, well, what are you doing? You know, you, you have a family or yeah. you, this isn't a real job and, and it's, that's a lot of pressure, you know? So, I mean, I just, I respect that in you so much to be able to withstand that, first of all, 
and then to just keep going. Cause so many people think too, like, like, Oh, you know, I'll start this business and I'll, and it'll be great. And, you know, six months a year, like you said, you literally just said like two years in, you finally started to breathe a little bit easier. And you were like, okay, like I've got my clients, they trust me. Like two years is not a short time, you know, in the life of an entrepreneur, like that's, that's dedication. That's perseverance and consistency. Yeah. I thought about scrapping it a bunch of times, you know, especially with all those other voices in your head. But that's like, I think the big thing is like, you do have to get over that like first like hurdle and that like first big, you know, part where you can feel stable and what, what you're doing and the confidence, I guess, because I don't know, a lot of things will like try to hold you back. That's for sure. So what so you stopped keep you, on the prize. What stopped you from, from just putting it all away? Um, I think like knowing the freedom eventually of what I would have um, and knowing just seeing like the past of people that I used to work for, like some of the mo- uh, smaller mom and pop shops. It's funny. I would always think of like some of the leads companies I worked for and not that I have anything negative to say about some of these guys, but you know, I would look at some of these owners and be like, I'm not anything really different than these guys. Like I feel like they're not much, you know, they have much more education or they have any more knowledge or different tools or skills that I, I don't think that I have personally in my life is so like, why can't I see myself doing what they're doing? So that kind of like pushed me on is like just seeing people do what I wanted to do. And I felt like I could be relate to them. And then, um, just having that flexibility eventually, I knew like if I can get this thing up off of the ground, it's just the type of life that I wanted to live and that I see myself like the flexibility was like the big thing, you know, just being in charge of what I wanted to do and when I wanted to do it and like not having someone else be like, all right, you got to be in this chair at this time. You're going to take lunch between this time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. For me, I was, I was always kind of like a, rebellious in that that manner i guess as far as working for other people is i hated people telling me when i had to be somewhere and when i had to do it that that was like i guess the big thing for me is like the free the freedom really yeah. and uh not having someone tell me how my day was gonna go that's amazing so, i can totally relate to that and i think so many people can you know especially you know the younger generation coming up finishing school like it's not like it was 20 years ago. It's not like it was 10 years ago in the work world. And I think a lot of companies are trying to be more flexible and, oh, you know, bring your dog and, you know, we have snacks and things like that. But there's still that element of I'm your boss. You know, I expect you to be here. I'm paying your paycheck. You're going to do it my way. Like that's still 100 yeah. So, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, like especially fresh out of school. Like nobody really, you know, for the most part, wants to wants to live that life like you see so many people like you doing it differently and they're like well I want to do that too like I can do that too yeah it's changing I think that's and it's not that's it's really not far out there too it's like funny that once you actually like try something it's like it's definitely attainable you know with all the technology now and not you know the resources that are out there it's you're able to connect so many people now and like find people that are interested in what you're doing or provide some kind of service or products for them it's like it's really amazing. Absolutely. So what's something that you would say to like yourself when you were just starting out or someone who's interested in doing this, like what's something that they should know before taking the leap and and going all in on this? Um, Just knowing that, you know, there's definitely gonna be a lot of bad days. There's gonna be like times that you just want to quit and get something, you know, I guess stable or um, it's just knowing that you're going to fail. I guess, you know, knowing that it's, there's going to be a point where you're like, this isn't for me. This is not what I want. There's going to be plenty of days like that before you get to like, a, 
a point where you're like, all right, I, I trust myself, I guess, kind of to continue to do this. And um, so I think that's like, that's mainly it. Wow. It's really just uh, gaining that, that trust, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yourself. So I want to go like what you said before about, you know, that motivation of freedom. I think that's such a great transition to talk about like the amazing life that you're living right now. And, you know, I mean, you get to travel the world, you know, on your own schedule, you're still, you know, working and doing your thing. Would you say what you're doing now is more like a passive income role? Are you still pretty active in like day-to-day stuff? Um, As of right now, it's kind of more of a passive income um, thing because the client roster that I build up, there are a lot of like call centers or direct mail houses or maybe emailers that have um, consistent campaigns going. So what's nice about the business is they're just redoing the same thing month after month and they need like the same, usually demographics, same list that they they re-up on. So a lot of it now is just like management of these clients, which is pretty easy. So I would consider it a pretty passive income, which has allowed us, you know, to really travel right now and um, be in different locations and not have to, you know, work in the same hours of my clients, either on the East Coast or on the West Coast, wherever they may be. So that's uh, been a great advantage. Right. And I think that that's really helpful, too, because oftentimes you're completely opposite, um, you know, hours, you know, midnight where you are and people are just waking up, you know, your client base. So to be able to not have to, you know, be on the phone or be on the computer dealing with issues like that's huge, too. So how long, yeah. how long did it take for, to go from where you're basically doing sales and you're doing email lists to when you kind of transition it out to like a call center or an email list? Like when did, what, when did that happen? Um, I'd say probably like year four, year five, where I had a le- enough clientele where I wasn't like chasing new business to fill in the gaps of people that might've been trying me out or, you know, mm-hmm. have maybe a couple of different list brokers. So it was probably like year around four to five where I really developed more solid relationships with, I think maybe the clients that trusted me and they're like, all right, this guy's going to be around. He's just not like a flash in the pan because the the list world and like the world of sales that I come from, they've got a lot of like untrusting individuals in there that sell you, you know, because it's intangible products. So they would just be like, oh yeah, this list is comprised of X, Y, Z. Finally the client gets it. They're like, what? what is this? You know, it's like maybe a bunch of wrong numbers, wrong addresses, whatever it may be, but building that like trust on the the flip side, I guess, for the clients that need what I have is a big thing. So year four to five where they were like, okay, this guy's the real deal. We're going to, we're going to stay with him. It's like, that's where it really started to take off for me and became more of like a servicing, I guess the accounts and, you know, just manager instead of like more sales and going after people. But again, I think it's important to note that it was like four years in, five years in, like that's, that's a significant amount of time to invest in yourself and to invest in your business and to, and to be consistent. And I think, you know, I don't know if you, you know, listen to a lot of Gary Vee and all like, I'm obsessed with him, but you know, he talks so much about consistency and patience and to really be in it for the mm-hmm. long And I can see, you know, that evident with you and your business. Yeah, it's definitely a key key factor, I believe, and it is, you know, I touched on, I guess, a little bit earlier, it was just, you know, be ready to fail. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just, if you have, like, an end goal in mind, you know, like, get over those hurdles, whatever it may be, you know, it's going to be hard, some will be a little easier, but it's just, uh, yeah, consistency, just keep going, keep trucking on. Yeah, I love that. 
So, so going back to like the traveling that you've been doing, I think so many people find that interesting and it is such like a carrot, like it is such like a motivator for people who, who want to get away from the nine to five and to be able to do what they want to do. So where was the first place that you guys, like you're married and your wife travels with you, she works too. Um, What was the first place that you guys went where, you know, you had kind of given up a home basically and just decided to travel the world? Yeah, so this was like, um, we were living in Atlanta, you know, for two years, and that's how we met you and Sam, and we we had the goal of leaving Atlanta, because I'm from Los Angeles, so we put everything in the storage unit, and the original plan was to go for about three months, you know, take some time off while all our stuff was getting shipped out, and kind of deciding where we wanted to live, and so the first place we took off after everything was shipped out was we went to Europe and we landed, we went to France. And so we were in France for only about a week, but our biggest day after that, we went to uh, Rome and we stayed in Rome for 30 days and then uh, went to the Mafi coast for about two weeks. And then from there, Amsterdam for another 30 days. And then, um, about that time we, we came back to California for a little bit and then planned our next trip after that. But yeah, the first trip was, was to Europe was the first time uh i guess this plan really came into uh fruition and like where we decided that this three months plan could could turn into maybe six months and then now we're on a year of just been living out of our suitcase and uh so it's been kind of a dream in the back of my head but also like a real surprise i'm like wow this is what we're really doing now and it's it's funny because we start to meet other people that are doing similar type thing and Mm. you know digital nomad i guess life and uh so yeah the first the first part of this was uh all europe and uh we're planning to head back there in a week and do a similar thing but just different locations that's awesome so how what's the planning process like for these types of trips i mean is it pretty extensive or do you kind of just plan it as you go um at first when we left that first time whatever to europe we had a pretty good plan we had sat down maybe a month before really mapped out our next three months of where we're going to stay, what we're, you know, all the, what locations we're interested in, maybe, you know, some touristy things to do in each of these spots. Um, so that was like pretty solid. We had that, you know, mapped out. We're like, yeah, that's cool. It's good. And then now as we travel this next, even two weeks coming up, we don't have planned out. We uh, just been, doing it as it comes so we have like a good idea of locations that we want to go to but as far as like the little details we haven't figured out that as of yet which we're probably going to sit down maybe later today or tomorrow and really map out that next leg of the adventure but it's become uh, i guess more comfortable you know like once you start doing something and you, you know do it consistently and it's like all right it's not so bad you know you, you know what to expect i guess and it's not as scary you know taking those kind of steps which was surprising because I, I, I thought I would have this whole year mapped out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's so true. Like even it, how we were talking about earlier, like I used to map out my questions for these and I used to be very specific and, you know, I'm going to cover this, this and this. And then the more you do it, like the more relaxed it gets and you know what you want to cover. And, you yeah. and like, so I totally get that. Um, but I mean, I've traveled a lot. I, you know, trying to pick it back up now as the kids get older um, but have you found when you travel that, you know, people that you meet, you know, no matter where they're from, 
like are pretty much the same or do you have you been to places where you're like wow this is different like I don't get it I don't get how you think I don't like this is just weird what's your take um not really I I feel like in general a lot of the the same um but one thing that does stick out to me is maybe maybe our trip to Bali just recently where these people seemed a little bit happier actually with like less Mm -hmm. you know it seemed like these people had some kind of special I don't know something just really giving with those people and they were just really happy and generous I feel like and so that's the only place where it stuck out a little bit more to me where maybe they were different and they were just like they're appreciating life in a, in a different way, I guess. But uh, for the most part, I think people want the same thing. They're interested in the same, you know, goals as far as success, you know, and family. So a lot of these places, like, just seem similar. may have different atmospheres and maybe different way that they speak, but a lot of people seem like they wanted the same. Yeah. And goals in life. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt too, but I haven't traveled to Asia or anything yet like you. So I was wondering if maybe that was a little bit different. Yeah, I'd say like that part is of the world, that specific area touched me like the most. Um, so I just like feeling like a different like feeling and vibe there than whatever I felt in different locations traveling. That's so interesting. Special. Like Bali's been on my list of places to see forever. Um, and you see so many people going there now, you know, digital nomads like yourself and just, you know, just people going on honeymoons or whatever. And it's like... The, it is it does come across as a different like more blissful more calm like more accepting place like it really does yeah it was really interesting it was did just that, like a real nice feel surprise you or were you like is this for real or did you just kind of meld into it at, at first it was just like kind of surprising because i was like what's wrong i was like why is everyone so nice you know <laughs> and then uh it was like similar to the South for me, I guess, like coming from Los Angeles, you know, like people in the South a little bit more like open and just like have that Southern hospitality where, you know, like invite you into their house, don't even really know you kind of deal like that, that kind of like maybe just generosity and just like that loving feeling of like family, even though like you might just be someone they just met. So I guess like that was like, it was a surprise. So it was a surprise at first, but then after like a few days into it, I was like, all right, cool. And like, this is just the way of life down here. And that's just how people they like respect each other, I guess, and just happy feeling. Just like I don't know what it was, but it was just like a great time to be down there. And it was just you could feel that love. Could you see yourself like ending up there permanently? Uh not permanently. Like I will always be somewhere close to like our friends and family in the States just because, you know, that's uh what we want to do. But I mean if I was younger, maybe I would have thought about living down there, you know, trying to see what life would have brought but uh yeah it's uh maybe something that we've talked about now if we continue this type of lifestyle is like maybe we go down there like for a month a year you know mm-hmm. if, we, if we could you know and spend some spend some part of our life down there but not full-time for sure yeah well that would be nice true. to have a like piece that, of that right and like that's something that i've heard people do too like families like people with kids you know two or three kids they spend yeah. like they're, you know, they break up the year into like four different places and they have like homes or like yeah. you have rentals and they just, you know, every four months they're in a new place, you know, and that's just what the kids grow up doing. Yeah. yeah and it's funny like too, like traveling, like we, uh, 
you know, within our immediate circle, for the most part, there's not too many people that I know of that are doing something similar where we're just living out of the suitcase and moving around. But it's funny, like once you start doing that, you do meet people. Like I was like, all right, cool. There is like a whole community of these people that are just like doing similar remote type work situations and going with their families. And there's like this one family, I don't know if you've, uh, you probably heard of them before, the bucket list family. Mm-hmm. Um, they have well now three kids and they just been traveling around all different yeah. places for I think like the past maybe two years or so. And so with my wife, with Carly, I was always telling her, I was like, Oh yeah, I want to do something similar to that, like that. And she's like, you're crazy. This is like, there's no <laughs> way <laughs> we're not traveling around with like young kids. She's like, good luck. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty, uh, fun just to see other people doing those similar things of where we're like, all right, that's pretty neat. That no, is a way of life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, it does, it like, you know, yeah. that your boss could do it something a certain way. Like, it's like one of those things you see something's possible and it's like, oh, okay, well, I can do that too then. You know? Yeah. If so I it is nice. To. That's like one like special thing about this travel thing has been really, really eye opening as well. Cause a lot of people like, similar with like starting business, like, oh, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? Where, how are you doing this? You know? And I was like, I don't know. It just seems natural and easy to do it right now with what the situation is we have set up. And then you start to meet other like-minded people. Like, okay, cool. I'm not so weird. All right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel more, you know, comfortable with doing what you're doing because you're like, oh, this person's doing it too. I'm a, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, they're so, doing it this way. Know. I might want to, you know, change Funny. things up and do it that way too. Yeah. So that's kind of like my next question is, you know, where do you see the future of, you know, online work and do you see it expanding? Do you see it like, like eventually you full on retiring or like, where do you see it going? Um, it was just like online work in general for people yeah, or for our industry or just, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because there is a lot of people that believe a lot in how to, I guess the work environment and creating the culture like Google has, you know, they, like they want everyone to like live there basically. And they have like these great environments where you can do anything you want and every part of your day is pretty much covered by staying at their campus. And so I see a value in like having like some kind of like, obviously like the human interaction and like the face-to-face meetings, you know, but that is a little bit more of that old school mentality, I guess, because like you and I right now, we can have a full on similar conversation, you know, face-to-face with all this technology and we don't have to be in the same location and, and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I see it kind of switching out once like maybe some of the older generation phases out of the workforce and, you know, is not as, demanding on having someone sit in front of them, I guess, and perform certain work activities, you know, and trusting them to be in other locations and just whatever, get your stuff done. So I, I do see a, maybe a, a switch eventually to a higher percentage of people having some kind of remote position or flexibility in that aspect, um, which I think would be really nice because it does, I think, make people a little bit happier possibly that have their own freedom and, and know that whatever I have to get X, Y, Z done to keep my job. So I don't know. I, hopefully I, I see a big switch, more people being able to work from anywhere. Cause it was going to cut down the cost for companies. I think eventually right. to not having all these buildings and, you know, paying for all this overhead where they really don't need to. They can have a lot of like at work home employees. So yeah, I see that actually a lot in the call center environments. What's that? I said you had a brick and mortar in Atlanta. I remember. Um, so that was probably nice. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. So it's nice not to have that location and still being in the same thing and that, that, that making no difference on the workflow. Mm-hmm. 
you know, for the most part. So it's like, I see it actually a lot in the call center environments right now where they're having, you know, these employees just work from home, you know, do the same thing. It's like, they're just answering the phone, you know, maybe doing some customer service or some sales and job that they could do from somewhere else. So. Absolutely. So what, what are some, (laughs) yeah, I like that. What are, um, what are some key takeaways? You know, we've talked a lot about this, you know, over the course of the conversation and, you know, you've given us so many great, you know, tips and just expectations and, you know, about maintaining expectations about how hard it can be. But what are some key takeaways um, for people who want to get into this, who want to be successful? What's something that they should, should really remember from, from your experience? I think just like really trust your gut. Um, Don't, let anyone get you away from like what your end goal was um continue to go with all the struggles maybe like a couple hurdles that you come across um if you really want something and know that you can get it don't let these little things slow you down you know it's like just trust yourself really i like that and what about the learn, role from, of learn from the failures mm. what's that what about the role of the ego in all of it like, do you have to have a big ego does it help have no ego at all like, what's your take on that uh, I think it's like actually like having a, yeah, definitely having a big ego, you know, and that comes like from like sales environment. It's like hearing no. It's like, I guess I was used to like hearing no a lot in sales and it's like, you, you can't let no just be, all right, oh, bad day. It's like, you got to figure out what that no is for, you know, like, why are you going to say no? It's like overcoming that, I guess, even the subjections, you know, it's like those little things, those hurdles, just figuring out a way around them because there is a way around them. Don't let it stop you. Just mm-hmm. keep going. That's like the most important, I think, is like a lot of people will stop after they hit that first roadblock, mm-hmm. maybe. And then maybe they're like, all right, first roadblock, all right, go on. Second roadblock, nope, not for me. Definitely out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people just just keep just keep going. It's like, don't let no be the answer. I love it. I love it. That's huge. So, you know, to kind of round out everything, and it's a question that I ask all of the guests on the show. It's the same question. Um, and it can be what we talked about um today or can just be about life but what's something that you've learned in your life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on damn um it's i guess just it goes back to that similar thing it's just never going to be easy you know don't don't think that uh you know everything it's always a learning process you know you're never going to be like the expert at anything you're going to have like maybe a lot of knowledge about something, but you're always going to be learning. So never stop. I guess that's like one thing that maybe someone never taught me is like, there's no like plateau. Like I've always like thought that there was always going to be like, all right, you reach this level, you know, everything you're the CEO. There's no more. It's, it's it. But I guess it's always a learning process is like, I guess someone never really explained to me. It's always going to be changing and you need to adapt with it and continue to grow. I love that. I love that. Um, so if people want to work with you, if they, you know, in business and they are looking for email lists and clients and leads, um, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, please visit my website as jaredsleads.com or feel free to email me at jk at jaredsleads.com. Um, hopefully that's what you're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's perfect. You know, cause I know a lot of people listening okay. Are you know they're entrepreneurs or they're you know business owners and you know this is yeah. such an interesting topic and an appropriate topic you know in our modern world today. Um, so yeah, I think it would be perfect. So 
Yeah, I think I know. Yeah, for any of your listeners, you call me, I'll give you guys some free samples, some free leads to see if I can help your business. Oh, nice. Perfect. Well, that'll all be in the show notes too, if, if people listening. So if you didn't catch that. Yeah, just, just mention the show. Tell me you heard me on here and definitely I'll hook you guys up, run some free accounts, some free leads, see if I can help you grow your business. Always working. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Jared. I think, you know, just talking oh, yeah. to you brought so Appreciate much value to, I mean, I know for me personally, like this is something I'm super interested in, like in even in watching, you know, how you live and how, you know, you've really designed your life, you know, based on your terms. I think that that's insanely admirable and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of hard work, but I think, you know, watching someone else do it is so encouraging and so inspirational. So thank you. <laughs> 